You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com and of course I will answer as many as I can. So I, um, I was by this week I was by what's called the Sheva Brachis, right? That's uh, the week after the wedding, so there's parties every night. So this was a, well, it's my son's brother-in-law. So we went, they had something here in town. Most of the wedding and the parties were, were on the East Coast. And the, um, it, I guess it would have been the boy's elementary school principal, um, he got up to speak. And he said a great story. Great story. I, I shared it like uh, half a dozen times already, and uh, worth worth the price of admission. There's a farmer, regular farm farmer, and one of his chickens gets through the kitchen window, and the chicken starts hopping around. It hops onto the table and knocks off a glass, and it falls on the floor and shatters, and another glass shatters, and all of a sudden there's a mess, and there's noise, and the farmer comes in, and he sees what's going on, he picks up the chicken, and he's very gentle with it, and he cuddles it, and he, he calms it down, he gives a, takes a few seeds, and he feeds the chicken, and he takes the chicken outside, and he sends it on its way, very calm, very relaxed, very beautiful. Anyways, next day, the farmer's son is doing something I'm sure you never let your children do in your house. And the son has one of these bouncy balls and he's bouncing on the floor and the ceiling and the floor and the ceiling and the floor and the ceiling. And uh, sure enough, we all know what's going to happen. And that ball goes ricocheting and it hits the table and it hits a glass and a few glasses off the table and they shatter. The father walks in. He is angry. And he takes his son and we don't, you can use your imagination. And he is going to punish that son. Uh, after the son gets over the punishment... The son says to the father, Father, it's not fair. The chicken came in yesterday and makes a whole mess. You're so nice to the chicken. You, you calm down. You're not angry. You're calm. You even give it something to eat. You're so gentle. Me, your own flesh and blood, your own son, I go ahead and, okay, mistakes happen. The ball, it broke stuff. And you come in angry, and you punish me. No niceness, no no gentleness, no relax, no being relaxed. Why, why, did you treat the chicken better than you treat your own son? So if I says, you know, that's a good question. Let's discuss it later. That night, as the family sitting around the table, and the chicken soup comes in and they're all sitting there enjoying their chicken soup. So the father says to the son, he says, look, you asked me a question today and I, I wanted to give you a fair answer. 
as a person, we have responsibility. Now, it's true that with responsibility, um, sometimes you may not appreciate that as a responsibility, but the truth of the matter is, responsibility is a good thing. It is a good thing when we have responsibilities. You see, the chicken has no responsibilities. And what happens to the chicken? We're eating chicken soup. We're having chicken, right? Because the chicken has no responsibilities. He has no responsibilities. I don't get angry when he does something wrong. Because anyways, I know he's my supper. You, my son, have responsibilities, which there are costs and a learning curve when you have responsibilities. But there's what to be said. It is a good thing to have responsibilities. And we, the Jewish people, we have a lot of responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is a fascinating command at the end of this week's Torah portion. It is the command of the tzitzis, or fringes. What is that command? So basically, if you have a four-cornered garment, um, like a prayer shawl, by the way, um, you have to put these fringes, these strings, which we'll talk about, on each corner, one on each corner, so there's a total of four. And not only is it white string, it's a wool white string, but one of those strings also is supposed to be a blue a blue dye, um, happens to be called tcheles. I'm saying it's blue, it's debatable if it's really blue or not really blue. But whenever I think of this tzitzis, and there are many people that will walk around and the fringes will be sticking out of their pants, it's only a man a boy command, it's a male command, it's not for women, for multiple reasons. Um, but there are many men, myself included, that we walk around with the fringes hanging out. And people will ask, what's it for? So it always reminds me of a story. But remember, this story is a joke. A true story, but please do not uh, take this literal. Sometimes I have to warn certain people about what not to take literal because it'll get me in trouble. Anyways, when I was in high school... So I was in high school in Queens, in Kew Gardens. I had friends in Kew Garden Hills. So I was not an athlete. I say was. I never was. Am not. Still am not. Even though I told you in the last show, I bounced around on all these trampolines. And, yeah, but I didn't do none of the flips. And I couldn't get out of the foam balls. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was good, tiring. But uh, I'm not an athlete. But my friend, he was an athlete. So Friday afternoons, it was very common that, uh, that the boys would go play basketball, one of the public uh, parks in the courts. And there's all kinds of people playing. But these guys have their fringes sticking out. So one of the non-Jews says to one of my, I don't think he said it to my friend. I think he said it to one of his friends, an acquaintance. But in any case, hey, what are those fringes for? What are you wearing that stuff for? My friend says, oh, come on, these are good luck charms. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His grandmother is 136 years old. What? His grandma and his mother? 110. These fringes, long life, good luck charm. So, of course, that non-Jewish um, person says, where do I get me these these fringes? Tell me how I get these things. I got, I got to get these things. Long life for the mother. I'm in. Now, of course, it was silly. And I think they just did it because they just didn't want to be harassed. But I also get this question. It could be anywhere. And uh, 
Again, if you live in a Jewish area, people are more used to it. If you want to start shopping and if you go a place a little further out, you go on a trip and people see you, uh, there are always those people that are not shy, which is fine. And they come and they say, hey, uh, um, what, what are those uh, fringes for? This is the real answer. The real answer is that this is my badge of honor. In other words, if the king, if you were to meet a king or a president or any world leader and you had done that a favor to that world leader, whatever case, you go ahead, use your imagination, figure it out. And that leader gave you, I don't know, a ribbon and, or a pin or a, a tie or something. And he says, you know, why don't, I would like you to wear this tie the, as a, almost as a reward, but it's a reward, but it's a symbol that, that we have a connection and I would like you to wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> Who wouldn't wear it? Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what color it is. Doesn't matter. You have a badge of honor from the king. You are going to display that proudly. You're not going to put it in a drawer somewhere. You're not going to try to get your jacket to cover it, right? Assuming you're in an area where no one uh, doesn't like that political person, right? Just for argument's sake. Right? You know, um, even with policemen, people get these things pro-police and they'll put it in their windows and stuff because they're assuming that the, they get pulled over for a ticket. So the policeman will uh, will uh, not give them a ticket because, look, I, I, I show uh, support. Now, that could be true, by the way. could be it does work. And I think it should work. I'm actually very pro that idea. But in any case, that's what the tzitzit says. God is saying, here, I want you to wear this badge of honor. I want you to wear it. You show that I gave you this special garment, piece of clothing to wear, and it shows our relationship. So as one of the reasons why the tzitzis is worn, um, it's, it's, this is my connection. God gave me this to wear. What, shouldn't I be proud? However, as much as I like that answer, if you think about it, there's really the verse itself tells us why we wear these uh, tzitzes or these fringes. The verse says, you will see them and you'll remember all the commands of God. So you'll see them and you'll, you'll remember all the commands of God. So I, I told my class, I said, uh, so now that you're all wearing these uh, tzitzes, these fringes, uh, you know all the 613 commands? Of course they don't. So they said, no. I said, so what's going on? Why don't you remember? So we talked about it. It's not an automatic. It's not that I put it on and God opens my brain and pours in all the rules and regulations like a computer that you, you put in a flash drive with all the information. It's not working that way. If you know all the commands, if you studied all the commands, then yeah, then no problem. Then this is a, a method that will help you remember the commands. It's something I'm Jewish. Oh, I see, I see my fringes over here. So that will make sure, that will create that, that I can remember everything that happens. Now, it happens to be fascinating. The numerical value of tzitzis is 600. Now, it's problematic because in the spelling, it should be missing the number 10. It should really be 590. 
So either there's an extra lamid, which is numerically 30 to, to, to the three times as tzitzis in the Torah, or it says it three times, but one time it says it, we use that one. There's a little bit of a problem, but at the end of the day, um, the rabbis say the word tzitzis is numerically valued at 600. And if you know what the tzitzis look like, it's um, you've probably just seen his fringes. If you have it yourself, you know exactly what it looks like. It's a series of knots and loops. So I'm going to take four strings. I'm going to put them through a hole. And then I'm going to make a knot. Then I have one long string, and I'm going to loop it around seven times, going to make another set of double knots. I'm going to loop it around eight times, another set of double knots, loop it around 11 times, double knot, loop it around 13 times. There are other ways of looping it around. I'm just telling you the standard one. So you actually have five sets of double knots. And because we folded it through and we made all these knots, I also have eight strings. So five plus eight is 13. So we now have the magic number 613. And as we've spoken in the past, um, our tradition is that there are 613 commands. Now, as people have said numerous times to me, and I've said myself over and over, if you were to go through the Torah yourself and count, there's way more than 613. It's almost better to say there's 613 categories. But it is interesting that there are a few famous different rabbis. Maimonides is one, Nachmanides is another one. There's a, there's a, a few other rabbis over time that wanted to decide what are the 613. Because there's rules and regulations. How do you decide because there's too many. So what are the rules and regulations? If it was a one-time mitzvah, does that count? If a, if a mitzvah has multiple parts to it, so is it one or is it multiple? So this is a great discussion. It's not today's discussion. But this magic number 13, there's really much more than 613 commands. But there's 613 basic categories and certain commands or mitzvahs don't fall into the number. It doesn't mean they're not commands. It just doesn't fall exactly into the number. Okay. So again, so now I see these tzitzis, okay? Numerical 613, there's 613 mitzvahs. Perhaps I learned all of them. So is it a memory device? I mean, I can look at my tzitzis all day long and I'll remember. It, it, it could be a reminder, but why exactly... Is it helping me remember all the commands? So one interesting answer is the Balitasers say that slaves always had, would wear some type of, of uh, I don't know if it was a piece of clothing or some type of chain maybe around their neck. I'm not exactly familiar how slaves were identified. Uh, but there were ways that people used to identify their slaves. So when we wear the tzitzis, also it could be, according to the Balitasis, it's like an identifying factor that I belong to God. Again, the word slave is a very strong word, but um, it just means that God says, you're mine, you do my commands, I take care of you, um, no one is, is, is whipping me um, to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do, that's my free choice, right? But... But if, if, I, if it shows the status of a slave, okay, I work for God. Okay, what are God's rules and regulations? Is it any different when you work in an office and in that office there's also a lot of rules and regulations? 
So it probably doesn't go over well when you tell the boss, oh, I forgot that rule. Oh, I forgot this rule. Oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. Right? At some point, the boss is going to say, if you even get to that point, the boss is going to say, we gave you a booklet. You are responsible to know all the rules and regulations. If you can't learn the rules and regulations like everybody else in the office, you're out of here. Right? You're fired. So God's not firing us, right? But the same way it's considered okay, the same way it's considered okay for a boss to expect you to know all his rules and regulations, so uh, it's okay for God to say, you're mine, I took you out of land of Egypt, I made you my nation. Um, it's okay for God to say, I got a book with rules and regulations, go find out what they are. You can't understand them, go ask a rabbi. Go, just go online. Figure them out. It's not that difficult. Um, something else to think about is the fact of the matter is, um, even though we talked about earlier, about living in that, that was uh, the last show, about living in that perfect environment, right? We're in the desert and the clouds and the food and the water and the temperature and and no responsibilities as far as taking care of my family, and I need money. So we lived in a perfect environment. But the fact is, most of us live in a real world. And a real world, you're out there working. So God wants, when you're out there in the real world, you need a lot of reminders right, of who and what you are, which, by the way, is good for anybody in any situation, because a lot of times in our daily life, we forget who we are, and therefore we do things that we shouldn't be doing. Right, as they say, if I may even think about it, right? We can find ourselves in all kinds of situations, and we really know what's right and wrong. But sometimes we need reminders. Sometimes we need more than a reminder. So God says you'll put, you'll wear the tzitzis. That's just your garment that you'll wear. So you're surrounded with a garment, and you'll have the the tefillin on your arm and the tefillin on your head, and and you have your circumcision. And when you go to your house or into a building, you have the mezuzah, that uh, parchment on the door. So you're forever being surrounded by very simple commands for the most part and very easy reminders. Very easy reminders to remember who you are and wherever you go and whatever you do, don't forget what's going on. Um, Interesting enough, the Barbanel says that according to the medieval philosophers, whatever that means... um, but this is something I think we're all familiar with anyway, is that constant repetition imprints a stamp on the soul. Anything you can do over and over and over and over again, whether good, whether bad, or even right smack dab in the middle, is going to imprint itself on you and on your soul. That's just the fact of anything we do over and over and over and over again. If it's something good, so you're imprinting something good. If it's something not so good, so you're imprinting something not so good. The tzitzis is one of those few commands that as a man, I do it every day, all day. So because it's a command that I do over and over and over, it imprints this good idea, this good action that's only going to benefit my soul. Right? So tzitzis is one of these things that by, by, by as a constant command that I'm fulfilling, there's actually, it says there's six constant commands, but most of those are all in the thought process. 
remembering God and stuff like that and loving God and fearing God. There's, those are basic, my everyday thought. But as an action, so here I have a daily, constant action that uh, can only lead to putting good things on my soul. Okay. I told you there's this blue color. It's called Tcheles. And I'm calling it blue. It might be indigo. It might be greenish. Um, But it's in the blue color. So what is the big deal with this blue? So first of all, there's a famous rash he brings down. He says, when I wear, when I see my tzitzis, and I keep bending over to look, I go away from the mic, sorry for doing that. Um, but my tzitzis are my pants and I'm sitting down over here. The, t- the, the blue wool, the coloring of the blue will remind me of the sea. This sea will remind me of the heavens. And the heavens will remind me of God's throne. So again, another way of focusing my mind to God, but it's an interesting focus. It's not just remember God. There's steps. I was sitting next to somebody by a wedding the other day. He was talking about this a lot. It's not good enough for us to just say remember God. It doesn't seem to be good enough. It's I need a bunch of reminders and I need steps. By going through all the steps, my brain will work properly. Oh, blue wool. Oh, blue. Oh, yeah, the sea is blue. Oh, the sea is blue. Oh, the sky is blue. Oh, the sky is blue. Oh, now, like I'm, I'm going up, 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 up. Now, oh, God's throne, right? Because blue sky, heaven, fine. So we want this constant reminder. It is interesting that uh, Hearst says, and probably following this trend of thought, that this blue reminds of infinity because it reminds me of the sky, and the sky goes on forever. Right, and it's to remind us that it is my clothing that differentiates us, right, from animals. Right, animals don't wear clothes. I know there's dogs that they put sweaters on and stuff. I know, but really, really, animals don't wear clothes. People wear clothes. Right, again, part of the reminder. Right, who am I? What am I? What is my responsibility? Which we talked about earlier in the day. You got to remember who and what you are and what your responsibilities are. Others say blue is a holy color. It's a color that represents a temple. That part, I don't understand exactly why blue, but it happens that a high priest wears a totally blue um, like robe, sort of, as one of his clothes, so perhaps that's where it comes from. It is interesting. We don't have the blue color anymore. There are those who do have blue on their tzitzis, but we lost that blue color. And it, was, it came from a certain fish or a certain snail, um, but we were exiled and in an exile and out of exile, and we lost it. There are those who went ahead and say, we discovered it. So the question is, if they might be right, should we be using it? They say, yeah, it does hurt. While others will say, not true. There's a concept of what my parents did, what my grandparents did. Now, when I serve God, I am relying on the earlier generations who taught me what to do. If the earlier generations lost it, if they could not teach me, who am I to walk in and say, well, I'm better. I know what to do. So therefore, we don't go ahead and do it. I saw a joke, and I know I only have about a minute, so let's see if I can say the joke fast. But I think it applies to numbers. To numbers over here, four, and four is eight. Anyways, there's a student. Um, he's taking his, uh, his test, his uh, final, and the... Uh, the professor says two hours max. You hand this in a minute after two hours, I'm not accepting your paper. Forget about it. 
So there's a student that, that prefers warns and warns and warns and keeps telling people. Anyways, it's five minutes after the two hours, and one of the students walks up, and the professor says, I told you, after two hours, I am not taking papers. The student says, do you know who I am? The professor says, should I know? I have a class with 200 students. I don't know all my students. So you're telling me you have no idea who I am. Nope. Ah, I'll be honest with you. I do not know who you are. You're sure? Yes, I'm positive. Very good. So the student takes his paper, shoves it into the middle of the pile of tests, and leaves. Hello. There goes the music. Right? In other words, you don't know who I am, so I can put it inside and I'm safe. There's safety in numbers sometimes, and that would be our 4 plus 4 is 8, or our 5 plus 7 is 13, plus 600 is 613. Anyways, all kinds of good stuff, but the music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it, short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to all the wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know I can't do without you. Thank you to our wonderful production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah and our streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house.